0: Hello and welcome to the Tangential Space Podcast. My name's Matt Fowler.
1: I'm Mike Earl.
2: I'm Dave Vandergriff.
0: I'm Dave Iverson. And here we are with a brand new podcast that we've started together. Um, we're a group of friends that uh, enjoys chatting about movies, TV shows, books, video games, music, anything we kind of feel like, and uh, we decided to get together and kind of start a blog and a podcast where we'll share our thoughts and our ideas and uh, just kind of talk about the things we want and see where the conversations take us. And um, so we're going to kick things off with our first episode talking about our top three favorite movies. Um, So we're just going to kind of take turns running down from three to two to one um, and see where that conversation takes us and so I'll kick things off, and I struggled a little bit narrowing it down to my top three. Huge movie fan, I have lots of different criteria for what I love, um, and so like the initial thought was to go like, well do I go with like the best three movies, or just like my personal favorites, and then even in there there was a lot of shifting around but I put number three The Rock the classic Michael Bay action movie with uh, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage it's just one of those I can pop on anytime and watch beginning to end just love it um I'm hopeful that all of you have seen this movie
1: seen it yeah actually I was uh pretty surprised because I could see your whole list but uh that your picks were actually better than I anticipated. But yes, the rock is a very good movie.
0: <laughs> I don't know what to take from that.
3: <laughs> Van Vandergriff, have you seen it? Number two. All right. That's my <laughs> thought. Wait, is this <laughs> really, for real?
0: It's die Hard all over again. Really is. And that, that was the other one. I was, I was very tempted to put in the number three spot. Back to the future was a temptation. Um, Billy Madison or Tommy Boy in terms of, like, comedies that I can regularly go back to. But as I thought about it more and more, that is, of those movies, The Rock is the one that I've probably revisited the most in the past ten years. I have a crappy day, I put that one on. If I'm traveling and I need something to watch on the plane, that's usually one that I'll have at least loaded on the iPad before I take off. It just has that nice combination of action and comedy. Um, It was Michael Bay before the Transformers movies, so before (laughs) he kind of lost a little bit of that luster. But um, all around, just a very, very solid action movie. Vandergrift, since you haven't seen it, I do highly recommend this one. It is...
1: And in reality, Action
3: movie bliss.
1: I'm going to second that nomination because it's weird that you haven't seen it.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I third that one. I would say that's a pretty good movie.
2: It has been on my list, and I think I've seen it um, off and on, like, come into it in the middle of, like, a you know TV station running it in the middle of a Saturday morning. But I haven't sat down and seen it um, front to back, really. It is on my list, but if I'm not mistaken, it's not on any sort of streaming services right now. Or is it on Netflix and it's just hiding from me?
0: I believe it is on Netflix currently. Well, Um, there we go. I think it got put on there not too long ago. Because I saw it and was like, ooh, maybe I'll just watch The Rock right now. But then ended up watching something else.
1: (laughs) Which
2: normally when you say that, we're assuming you're talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So it is a little bit confusing.
0: Can't fault them. And yes, currently The Rock is available on Netflix.
1: You should probably do that right after we're done with this.
3: Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Maybe we should just pause the podcast right now. Dave, you watch it. We'll listen to you watching it. Is that a bad idea?
2: My plans are, since I've got free HBO for one more day, to watch 10 episodes of Westworld and then maybe The Rock... And that would make for a pretty long podcast.
1: Okay, I'll allow you to watch Westworld if you have HBO for free because that seems like a good idea too.
2: Yes, free preview, Presidents' Weekend, hurrah! Nice.
3: I also want to see that free or the uh, new Pete Holmes show, but this is a podcast about movies.
0: (laughs) But it's it's the tangential space where oh, that's right. Random detours that the conversation. You know, just takes naturally
2: as we progress, so we'll allow it. So you should apologize for ruining the tangent, sir. Well, that wasn't the tangent I really wanted to go down. How great
3: is it that uh, Michael Bay is no longer going to be doing Transformer movies,
2: right? Um,
0: I believe he said he's done after... He said that before the fourth one, much, didn't he? I, and I believe he said it right after the third one. He may have even said it after the second one. So... Don't hold your breath
3: on that one. It's okay. Just, I mean, I haven't watched him since the first one, so it's not like it affects me at all.
0: See, I've I've still enjoyed them all, and I fully intend on seeing uh, the new one this summer. But I do want him to get back to his bad boys R-rated no. action movie roots. Yes, bad boys. If if he was going to do Bad Boys three, I would be. Very much on board. Um, <laughs> as is just the fact that I'm getting another Bad Boys. I'm okay with that too. With uh, Joe Carnahan, I believe is still lined up to direct.
2: But, yeah. Yeah, he's officially listed as the director for this upcoming Transformer movie. Yeah. But I would much rather him continue on the Transformer streak than make another Pain and Gain movie
0: and Gain, it was such a weird movie in
3: that... I enjoyed I enjoyed it for enjoyed 95% it. of the movie.
0: I enjoyed it a lot when watching it. And then afterwards, as I thought about it, it was more just like... The way it handled the comedy in this movie about these terrible people doing terrible things to other real people that just gave you, like, a icky feeling afterwards. Like, ugh... I laughed at that, but that actually happened to someone. That's awful. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that as I was saying, I enjoyed ninety-five percent of that movie because I enjoyed it. But then like in the very end you kinda realize like, oh yeah, that's real. That happens. Yeah.
0: Well that, the movie does go out of its way to continually remind you of that too. Like you have it flashing on the bottom of the screen, like, This actually happened, this actually happened, you're like Ooh, that's awful. Yeah, Ugh. but but let's let's keep the conversation moving along. Tangent, Mike, your number three pick.
1: All right. Well, before we get into number three picks or picks at all, I'm just going to remove Star Wars from the equation because that's like on a whole level by itself. So any of the Star Wars movies, I'm just not including in this. Um, and, and then. That is
0: because Mike is a Star Wars fanatic, for those of you who don't know. So that would have been what I would have thought his top three movies would have been, would have been all within Star Wars. So,
2: Does that I, mean I have to take Phantom Menace from out of my top three?
0: Nope. You can put it wherever you want, Vandergriff. This one's, <laughs> this one's from Mike. All right, so without any of these Star Wars movies,
1: number so, three. Yeah, so then I have a few honorable mentions ahead of number three. (laughs) Um, I just threw a few on here because I was having problems getting it down there. So I'll just put these out here. I put Chasing Amy on my list. That was strictly because I wanted to have something from Kevin Smith, and it's probably the most, uh, I don't know, like it has the most feeling to it other than just being a comedy, so that's why I chose that one. Um, I put the whole Back to the Future trilogy I included as an honorable mention, because I think it's probably the best movie that deals with time travel, which I'm sure will come up in the future as it has in any other podcast we've done. I have a problem with time travel (laughs) most of the time. Um, And then Blow and Forrest Gump, I think, are just both good movies. Um, Sort of like time pieces, like, you know, they fit into a specific time period. I mean, Forrest Gump obviously goes over a lot of time periods, but... I assume most people have seen all of those. Maybe not chasing Amy or Blow, but I assume everybody's seen Forrest Gump and Back to the Future.
3: So, one quick question for you: okay. um, Do you do you not know how
2: a top three works?
1: Uh, it works how I want it to work.
3: Okay, okay, got it.
2: We'll allow it. <laughs> well, and I've always said too that like my top ten is always a floating top ten. It's hard to nail them down to a direct yeah. like one, two, and three.
3: So, I do well. I'll allow the top
2: honorable if mentions.
3: I, I I you know what I, I I I will I will accept honorable mentions I guess.
1: Well, just okay. So now my number three is a tie. <laughs>
3: Son
1: <of> a bitch. <laughs> I put I put in a uh, Fight Club because well that's just a good movie as well. Um, again, I think without. I don't know how to get into it even without spoiling things, but if you haven't ever seen Fight Club, it's really good. Um, the book is really good, too, if you've never read it. Uh, it just, I think, also has to do with the time in that it came out and my age and, you know, just sort of a feeling at the time. Um, I have also tied on here with for number three, Walk the Line, which is... You know, maybe not the most perfect movie, but I've watched it a lot. And it's probably that and my other tie for number three, Miracle, are two great based on reality movies. Mm -hmm. Miracle, of course, being about hockey, which I also think everyone should see. And then rounding out my number three tie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Which, yeah, there's four tied for number three. Don't worry about it. (laughs)
0: We just take from this that Mike struggles in making a decision
1: yeah Uh, that that's a that's a thing yeah Um, those
0: are those are four solid movies right there
1: yeah and I'm not going to get into eternal sunshine because I think uh, someone else might talk about it briefly as well but it's uh I think it's you definitely will either love it or hate it I think I don't it's not something I think. Just it's not. It's it's more thoughtful, thought provoking. I guess I don't know.
0: It is, but it's also. It's not a movie where I can think of anyone where I've I've ever met anyone who's like I hated that movie.
1: It, people just tend to think it's weird. I think.
2: Yeah, I'd say it'd be more like they didn't get it. Like it, not that yeah. like they fiercely oppose it, but they just it does. It lands with it lands with you, or it doesn't.
3: Yeah. Or or you just wind up hating the ending. Cuz I know I know at least one person who doesn't like the movie but likes all of it but just doesn't like the ending and because of that they just don't like it.
1: And I just think like Jim Carrey in it is like it's so just nice to see him doing something else. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's he's such he's really a good actor. I mean, you, I mean, you think of him just as being a comedian, but like it, it's such a heart wrenching movie at points. And again, I don't know, it just it hits you sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's one of actually a number of instances where Jim Carrey broke out of what you expected him to do. I mean, you had Eternal Spot, Sunshine, you had um, Man on the Moon um the truman show
1: was it 21 was that the other one
0: uh the number yeah. 23 the horror 23. one 23
1: yeah that's what i was thinking of.
0: yeah yeah
2: 21 Which, was a prequel
0: <laughs> um that one i was not a huge fan of but you could see him trying to do something different yeah um but you know a couple of those were actually very successful and you know he successfully showed that other side of him
1: yeah, but I still think most people still, when you talk about Jim Carrey, immediately think of Ace Ventura or, you know, something along those lines. Dumb and Dumber. The
0: Mask, Dumb and Dumber, yeah.
1: But that wraps up my number three.
0: <laughs> All right, so Vandegrift.
2: So I have significantly less number threes than Mike does. Um, <laughs> well, how many how many honorable mentions do you have? Well technically we could have a four way tie for number three if we're gonna go with that kind of math um but uh before I get to my three um I also had spotless mind on uh on my honorable mention list um for many of the reasons already stated um it also was probably my best example of a of a comedian in a dramatic role, which um One thing that I really believe is that, you know, in order to do good comedy, you have to be, like, a really, really good actor. Like, everyone thinks that comedy is easy, but I think good comedians make it look easy. Um, So that's, I mean, there are um, a couple with, like, Steve Carell and Will Ferrell and a couple other examples that are in my favorites, but this was sort of my first that I saw um, that really sticks out, and the story is just... It goes in different places. I think it was one of the first that I saw multiple times in the theaters when I was a kid. That I just wanted to keep sort of going back into that world and sort of exploring it. Um, I put um, just Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in my honorable mentions, um, particularly because that's one that I can watch um, or at watched in my youth um, as a as a standalone movie. I hadn't seen. The other two but it's still held up certainly within its own it's very quotable um and a good representation of of a lot of those type movies um and then inception in there because i wanted to make sure that there was a a christopher nolan and because it was just so groundbreaking till i realized that my actual number three um which was the prestige is also a christopher nolan so he gets (laughs) two mentions in there um but prestige is one that i have um Consistently in top ten top five top three lists um mainly going back to a lot of what uh Fowler was saying about his um it's one that I can watch a number of times sort of go back to it, and I think that's true of my entire list is that sustainability and wanting to pop them in uh, multiple times pops um pop them in multiple times gets them higher on the lists because I want to engage with them further um But The Prestige told a very, very interesting story, Um, had really good um, acting. It was sort of set in that turn-of-the-century magic. Um, And for me, it really solidified with the fact that I had to watch it um, three consecutive times for a film project in college. And I'm still not sick of it after watching it three times (laughs) back-to-back-to-back. So it earns a spot in my top three at number three.
0: I think that one also holds up so well because it's one of those twist movies where like upon repeat viewings, the twist, the whole movie doesn't hinge on that. So once you know what's happening, that doesn't take away your enjoyment from it. And it was done so well. Exactly. You know, after, you know, kind of the fall of M night Shyamalan and, You know, the way his movies all had to have that twist and it just felt forced. And they, you know, a lot of them after The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, they just, like, it felt like the whole movie was built just to have that one moment. And then once you've had it, it made going back to it kind of pointless. Right. The prestige was so nice because it was just such a solid movie from beginning to end. Any, you know, regardless, Christian Bale and uh, Hugh Jackman. Both gave fantastic performances. Michael Caine was great in it. Yeah, that was, I'm a huge fan of that movie as
2: well. And I'll throw out there too, like, um, I also own and enjoy The Illusionist. I'm not in one of those camps that says you either have to like (laughs) one or the other. Um, But I do just, I prefer Prestige. Um, Certainly for that reason where you can, you can watch it, the twist sort of, enhances it if you will but it's just it's a good movie to to just continue to watch
1: yeah so the prestige uh is going to make a reappearance later because it's further up on my list but it is such a good movie but yeah the illusionist um is i i found it much slower paced and so i actually didn't didn't enjoy the illusionist i know it's the your uh conundrum of two movies that come out with basically the same plot and people confuse them forever because they come out near the same time your whole armageddon and what is the other one deep impact deep impact you know, deep that, impact. that whole uh scenario Volcano again.
0: and uh, dante's peak yeah white there's house down one. and the other one olympus has fallen
3: yes thank you
1: it's always and the other one because report, there's report, always one that's better
3: wow, what was the seth rogan what was oh, observing report, oh, observing report, and uh, Paul Blart, cap. Yeah, the other, I mean, the Illusionist.
0: I remember watching. I remember nothing about it, and I've never rewatched it.
1: I, I think I watched it twice, and uh, I fell asleep both times. Maybe, but Edward Norton and Jessica Biel, and <laughs> it, it was just so much slower and. The Prestige just does everything so well. I mean, they basically set up the entire movie in the first minute. They tell you everything that's going to happen. And, you know, it's just good. It's so good.
2: Yep. The added honorable mention to The Prestige is um, I'm in love with... I can't find them to purchase anywhere, but if you look up the character posters that they released for it, um, they're basically a dot matrix, so they're just dots evenly spaced that if you're looking at them um it reveals um all three of the main characters and the only text you see is are you watching closely so if you're just not focusing on the picture as a whole you just see dots but if you look at it as a whole it brings the character's face into into a focus and it's a really cool effect for the prestige yeah cool i
0: have to look for those all right. If you find along. them, I will
2: buy them.
3: Okay, moving along. Uh I guess uh we'll get to my um my number 3, but before that, I found out we can do some honorable mentions, so I'm going to throw out a couple a couple honorable mentions first. Um you guys were talking about uh movies where uh a, mainly a comedian uh would star in a role and do uh, a big drama piece. Um, I actually really appreciated Stranger Than Fiction. I've watched that several times. Um I mean the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is is a, a bigger drama. But there's there's just so much to it that's just kind of screwy and bendy and you know, deals with mind and it's just kinda of, yeah, it's kinda of hippie but I just I just really like Stranger that I really like the story of Stranger Than Fiction and I love how um it it's the story's going along with him and it's just and I just think it's a, a beautiful movie. Uh a, another movie that uh, should have made my top ten is Tommy Boy. Uh I can I can recite um probably the entire movie. Um and it still makes me laugh every time. Cabin in the Woods. Um, I I'm not a fan of horror films. I'm not. I don't like horror films. But there's just something I think because Joss Whedon made this this beautiful film that turns out to be this horror film that ends all horror films and like picks everything apart about it. And it's just it's just it's just I I just love that movie so much. I've seen it so so many times. Uh, the last one is Cinderella Man, and that's uh, for my honorable mentions. So my number three, getting to my number three now because that's how I roll, is uh, Love Actually. Yes. That 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 British one, I don't know what year it was from, um, with everyone British or English. I love that movie. I watch it at least once a year. Um, it still makes me laugh really hard. It makes me cry because I'm a real man. Um, unlike certain other people in this podcast who I swear is a robot. (laughs) Um, no, I just, I, I can, I can quote it. It makes it every, every story. I I think like every story is just so like cute and good. And I like it all. Then they mashed it all into one movie. And I, I really appreciate it. That's, that's my third. And I, I, I'm gonna stick by that one.
1: So I will say that I also really like Stranger Than Fiction. That is a really good movie, and I did like Cabin in the Woods, but I have not seen it very many times—just once or twice.
3: I mean, it's it's worth it's it's one of those movies that's worth a second watch. So you can like look at the uh, the bedding board and everything, and seeing all all of the things in the background—it's it's awesome.
1: I'm trying to find there was another Will Ferrell movie where he was uh more serious that I feel like was in the same time frame but I can't think of what it was. Was it like Everything Must Go? Everything Must Go. That doesn't sound I don't like know he,
2: That's That's where he gets kicked out of uh his relationship and he sort of lives out on the curb with all of his stuff trying to sell it with a garage sale. <laughs>
3: It always, like, almost every time I go into Netflix, it pops up.
1: <laughs> no. I still
3: have not watched it, but yeah. I think it's
1: a little more indie than that. Huh, maybe I'll find it later. Who knows?
0: Oh, uh Iverson, did you see that they are making a sequel to Love Actually?
3: Um, I did not, and I have mixed feelings about that. Um,
0: it, It's not actually a full-on sequel. It's going to be like a short film Um, for, I believe it's Red Nose Day.
3: And will it be following all of those storylines? Uh, or at least the, most of them?
0: Most of the characters are returning. The director is returning. Um, It's coming out March 24th. I think they're filming it right now. I think it's going to be like 13 minutes long or something.
3: That's that's going to make
0: my heart happy. All right. But yeah, so they have Hugh Grant, uh, Keira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, Bill Nighy, Rowan Atkinson are all confirmed.
3: What else? I mean, what else do they have? There's a couple of those storylines that I just don't know what else you can do with, like the Keira Knightley and the Andrew Lincoln I mean, I know they're both really popular now, but I feel like there's, I mean, if you've seen it, I don't know what else there is to do with that relationship. I don't want them to do anything else with that relationship.
0: Well, there's not much you can do. It's it's actually, I just found it, it's going to be 10 minutes long. Hmm. All in all. So it's going to be pretty brief, but... Eh... I'll I did take watching. note of that when I saw it the other day, just because I, I watched <laughs> that movie for the first time this past Christmas. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Well, that's but fine. I found it entertaining enough.
3: Did you? Did you laugh at the uh, the porn couple? That was just kind of weird. Really, I love the porn couple. Uh, Martin they, Freeman. They yeah. They have the cute. They have the cutest dialogue. They have the cutest meet cute, but they're porn stand-ins. They're they're talking about the most innocent things, yet he he has to dry hump her while cupping her breasts. I love it. Huh? Watch the movie. <laughs> All right, so I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna move it along. This tangent
2: took a weird turn real quick.
0: And I'm gonna, for my number two pick, I went with the original Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I I all, like Vandergrift. I I also love The Last Crusade. I find it very quotable. But Raiders of the Lost Ark was, it may be one of the few, in my opinion, perfect movies. I can't I can't find a single thing to complain about with that that film
2: start to end. To quote Amy Fowler from The Big Bang Theory, Indiana Jones did nothing in that movie. The Nazis would have found everything without Indiana Jones' help. The end.
0: <laughs> but that's that's not the point of the movie.
2: <laughs> not saying that I believe it, but that's a flaw that took them down a dark, dark path, so... No, I
3: don't <laughs> he, he was...
0: Doing what he thought he needed to do. But it's it's just pure entertainment. It is, you know, one of Spielberg's best for sure. Right up there with Jaws and Jurassic Park. Um. Another one of those movies I can just revisit from you know, time to time and get full entertainment from. Um you know, on those rare occasions where it gets re released into theaters. I will go every single time to see that on the big screen. Mike, number two.
1: All right. So uh, my number two. How many
2: How many are in your number two slot? <laughs> so it's,
1: it's, a, it's like a. It's another like, tie? It's a tie, but they're like, a, they go together. You suck, like a,
2: you suck at this.
1: They're like a spiritual <laughs> duology. Um, almost Famous cool. and Vanilla Sky. Uh, they were made by basically the same crew and almost the same cast, basically back-to-back. Um, that's why they they have a lot of the same actors, not the same characters. They really have nothing to do with each other, but they're just both really good movies. Uh, Vanilla Sky, I have to be in the right mood to watch, which is... I know something that's come up with all these movies for all of us has been that we've all watched them a million times, and that's probably why they're our favorite movies, obviously. But Vanilla Sky, and and also to some extent Eternal Sunshine, I have to be in the right mood for. But Vanilla Sky is just a crazy, and that one really does have a... You either love it or you hate it, because I do know a lot of people that hate that movie. Yep. Does that mean you're one of them?
0: No, I don't hate it, but... Like in looking at this list, if 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 I had to, if you were to say to me like, what's one movie from this this list that all of us have put together that you would take off? Vanilla Sky would be it.
1: Yeah. Like, and I and I can understand, but but it's just uh yeah. So and almost famous is you know it's more of a it's more of a, just a story. It's not anything crazy as a lot of my others are. I slowly realize, but. It's just a kid, you know, that you know goes out and hangs with a rock band and what's not to love about that? He learns something about love and people and it's a good time. Have you guys seen Almost Famous? I find out more and more people haven't seen that.
0: I have. Yeah, I, I it's it's one I enjoyed. I thought it was well done.
3: I I I watched it. I didn't like it so much. I I think I got kind of bored of it.
2: I swear I've seen a lot of movies. I really have. (laughs) (laughs) But not this one either. (laughs) I just thought, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was just realizing I should add another honorable mention of Garden State, so I'm just going to throw that in there as well.
3: Jesus, man. (laughs)
1: But, that, that, but that'll sum up my uh, number two pick.
3: And
0: that Garden State was not a Cameron Crow movie like the other two there.
1: Right, Garden I was State just was throwing it in the, the mix.
2: Breath.
0: I know, but it, it just it messed up your duology that you That's why I said
1: it was another honorable mention. It didn't go in number two. <laughs> I was just okay. adding it on because I just thought of it.
0: Number two, Vandergriff.
2: My number two is uh, 500 Days of Summer, Um, another one certainly that I can go back to over and over again. Um, It's one that I think in particular in the conversations conversations that I have um, plays better with a male audience because it's one of the few, um, at least that I've encountered, if you want to call it romantic comedy or whatever in there, that... I think really speaks to like the guy's emotions within a relationship. So I think a lot of guys can place themselves where like they recognize or they relate to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think Mark Webb also does some interesting things with the feel tone and just sort of some of the style of the movie that just made it um, set apart a little bit in, in my own mind. I think it's got a, Uh, a great and sort of a perfect cast setup for for what it does and um it's one that i just keep coming back to it's another one that like if you're looking at a movies at a whole which is what i try and do like come oscar time it's one that like i like the story i like the acting um i've bought the soundtrack twice because i wrecked the cd and you know had to get it again um because i liked it that much but just sort of all the elements of this one come together for an enjoyable movie. If I'm in a bad mood, or um, if I'm looking at it more under an you know analysis, it's one that I can really kind of pick apart a little bit. It's got some some layers to it, but it's one that I uh, I really enjoy and recommend to darn near everyone.
0: And it's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it.
2: Hard to go wrong there. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel
0: yes. is very good yep. in it too. Yep.
2: And a very young um Oh what's her name? She's in a lot of things here. Chloe Grace Moretz. Mortz? Okay. Who Hit girl from,
0: from Kick Ass and
2: Yeah. yeah, And she's really good in most everything she does too, so. Solid group all around. And Iverson.
3: Okay. Um we'll go to my number two. Um, okay, this this was gonna be tough. I knew that my number two spot was going to go. I my favorite genre of all movies is superhero movies. It doesn't matter what what superhero it is. You just if you put on a superhero movie, you will sit down, watch it, and shut up. I love I love superhero movies, and kind of I I just decided that number the number two slot was just going to go to um some superhero movie. And then just put one of one of my favorite superhero movies, and that that was gonna be it but the thing is i could I could write a Mike Earl size list for all of my favorite um runner ups and everything like that, which is pretty much all of them um except spider man three um hopefully not any of the ghost Rider movies either. I haven't even watched those <laughs> I forgot. No, no, I haven't watched those. Um no, but I just you know, I yeah. Uh my choice is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um it's it's a newer one, but I've I've watched it so many times and I am in love with that movie. Um Chris Pratt, I mean just everyone as we all know cuz everyone has seen it. Everyone knocks it out of the park. Every, I mean Chris Pratt does a fantastic job. Uh Dave Bautista does fantastic. Um all all the way down to Vin Diesel doing Groot. Um the the story the story's real good, the vibes great, the music, the music is excellent and is just being repeated in so many movies. Um uh, but it just it it just when it came out it was just so it was just such a fantastic movie and just not like any of the other superhero movies um that came before it and it was just fun and there's just so much fun action and pointless i it just all around it just a uh, a fun good movie so that's that's going to be it's going to be my number 2
0: yeah, Guardians was great. I can't cannot wait for uh, the second one to come out this summer.
3: I'm I'm excited and worried. I'm more I, honestly, I'm more excited than worried. But there's, I mean, because it's just when you when you get into sequel time, you kind of kind of get a little worried that it's gonna.
0: But when you look at Marvel's track record recently, yeah, you know, the the only sequel that you could. You know, really make some legitimate issues with would be Iron Man two, and its biggest fault was the fact that it wasted so much time setting up everything else that it didn't really get to be its own movie. Yeah, but you know, I would say Captain America two, Winter Soldier. Oh, so good! That would be my personal favorite of the Marvel movies. Uh,
3: The and the second Thor movie was so much better. Anyways, keep going.
0: But yeah, so it's,
3: <laughs> I I really, I
0: don't have any concerns about this one. You've got the same team, you know, coming back. Um, I think because of the fact that it is a more obscure comic book and it's not one of like, you know, Marvel's top tier set of characters that I'm, I'm sure James Gunn has a little more Liberty to make creative choices than say anyone working on Avengers or Iron Man Would have, and even the fact that you know they're going to all appear in Avengers: uh, Infinity War, but even still, like those characters get to exist in a separate section of the universe that really allows them to do their own thing. Um, Yeah, I am. I am fully on board for part two.
3: I'm I'm just worried mainly because of the past experience that we've all had with sequels. But the thing is, you're you're right. You're right. Marvel has been doing a really good job with their movies, especially now that they're kind of ramping up to Infinity Wars. Because everything is just like everything is just beautifully being packaged. I'm I'm so I'm so looking forward to any and all superhero movies leading up to infinity war the um S- Spider-Man Homecoming, uh Thor Ragnarok, um Captain Marvel, Black Panther. Yeah. It's all it's all going to be good, but I mean back back to my choice, it just um Guardi- yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic.
0: Yep. All right, now we're going to move it along, and this is where it gets fun, with the top picks. And I feel a little better with my top pick now, seeing how everyone had their honorable mentions, because I kind of cheated for my top, in that I went with the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy versus picking one. But at the same time, it's one of those where those films were made back to back to back. I mean, they shot it all concurrently. So it's telling one large story. Like this was this story they meant to tell from you know the the day they started shooting film, versus like a Back to the Future where, yes it tells one long story, but when they finished the first movie that was supposed to be it, and then they came back and added to it.
2: Um, I'd say you've got a better argument using that for the Hobbit than the Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's still a trilogy of books. But
0: but again I would see I would argue that because. The Hobbit is actually supposed to just be one story and they, to make money, broke it up into, you know, stretched out and broken it up into three.
1: Plus it's not great.
0: No.
2: (laughs) Didn't make Um, money for, didn't make money for me. (laughs) That was meant to be one story because it was one book, whereas The Lord of the Rings was three books. It's sort of like how, you know, and Mike can back me up up on this, that George Lucas was thinking about, like, okay, I've got nine movies for Star Wars, so technically Star Wars could be one if you look at that. No, but those and, were
1: and written I, separately. I right off the
0: bat that I'm technically cheating here. No for one's me, faulting like, you. I can't just sit down and watch one of those movies. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to watch The Two Towers today and then not touch anything else.
1: And instead you're like, you know, I'm going to not... waste the entire day and watch the extended editions.
0: Or it might be like, <laughs> over the course of a month, I'll make my way through the three of them.
1: That's how and long yes, they I did are. Once spent, yes. <laughs> I did
0: once spend an entire day with Iverson watching Woo-hoo! all three extended cuts back to back to back.
2: So good. That takes longer with a day because you watch them walk in real time from one location to another.
0: But and and the reason I put it as my top top film for me it's it's that perfect combination of storytelling and then all of the other pieces that go into a movie the music by Howard Shore is beautiful i can listen to those soundtracks by themselves um when you look at all of the props and sets costumes practical uh, special effects, miniature special effects, digital special effects that, uh, what a workshop did, you know, it all pulls together to create what I consider a masterpiece. It is just exceptional filmmaking. And part of my issues with the Hobbit is you see everything they did with the Lord of the Rings in the, you know, early two thousands. And now with the advances in technology, um, Just the additional budgetary, you know, benefit they had of having already done a successful set of three movies. And then you watch The Hobbit and you see some of the stuff that just looks a little cheap or a little rushed. And you think, well, they did it so perfectly before. How did they screw it up? Yeah. You know, and and I know they're they're not perfect movies in the sense that those people who are huge fans of the books, you know, have issues and nitpicks with it for me i think peter jackson took the core of the story kind of narrowed it down to fit into these three movies which still are you know quite lengthy even if you're not doing the extended cuts and got to the the heart or the center of uh tolkien's story and i think Peter Jackson did a magnificent job on it. You know, and then even just to take the time to to sit down and not just watch the extended cuts, but the, the making of features they have on the DVDs or Blu-rays are well worth your time as well. To see everything that went into telling that story is... A good, I can just keep watching those again and again and again. Love them.
3: That's fair. I I will I will definitely accept the fact that you used them all, especially those movies, all as one. Because it, as you said, it is hard to just pop in two towers and just watch the middle. Yeah, you re, you really need to sit down and start with the first one, and then jump to the next one, and the next one. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, Mike. Number one.
3: Tied for number
1: one. So, tied for number one.
2: So, <laughs> is every Star Wars movie ever made? No, no uh, he already said...
1: No, Uh, so tied for number one, I have The Prestige, which we already talked about. So, I think uh, that one is, you know, we already know all about that. And The Dark Knight, because... I don't know, it... I liked your pick of Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think it it's not really the same. This isn't your happy go lucky superhero movie, but no. I, I just think it's such a well-made movie and yeah, I there's a lot that's got going for it and it's Christopher Nolan at his best and it's it's just good all around. I
3: I've, I've got a I've got a strange question. What do you are look? Sorry, are you picking Dark Knight over, um, oh Dark? What is what is the second one? That
0: is the second. The second one one. you're thinking of the Dark Knight Rises, the third one.
3: No, I'm thinking I'm thinking of Batman. I forgot it was Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nope, nope. You're good. You pick the best one. Keep going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yes, while the other two are both good, they are don't live up to the greatness that is the dark knight which yes is the second of a trilogy which is funny because we just went on about how uh the two towers can't be by itself but uh this is a much different version even though it is part of a bigger story it is very accessible on its own and you know yeah. some would probably argue that they probably didn't even need the dark knight rises but i still enjoyed it um but yes the dark knight i mean obviously the acting in it is great i mean Heath Ledger as the Joker is great. Um, everything is just, it's so good.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it, was, it was one of those uh, great ones to actually see on the IMAX screen as well, too. It was one of the, like, I remember early on when they started putting the big Hollywood movies on the IMAX. Sometimes it just felt forced, whereas that's one of the the first times I can think of where the director actually shot with the IMAX camera. And so as you're watching that on the gigantic IMAX screen, suddenly the, the picture just blows up, you know, to fill it all. And it's just so well shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they work to tie because they're both Nolan movies, but they're both good.
0: Yeah. Oh. Does Christopher Nolan have a bad movie in his filmography?
1: I mean, I think not bad. No, I think there's some that have been. A few of them yeah, have not their up issues. To the same
0: level, but at the same time, I don't think there's a stinker. in it. Th- there's not been one that I've watched where I'm like, "Eh,
3: that really was not good."
1: No, I I look forward to anything he makes.
3: I f- I forgot he I forgot he did Memento.
1: Yep which which is another great one, and it was toward it was a movie I had considered putting on the list as I flipped through my movies earlier, but I did not. I figured I had enough
2: well, and some of his earlier stuff has a different kind of flavor to it, but it's all sort of consistent in quality,
1: yeah,
0: I am also excited for uh this summer, I believe he has Dunkirk coming out, a world War two um. Yeah. War film that looks very, very good. I, I'm, I'm. He he's one of those directors that, if I see his name attached to something, I'm going to take note. I'm going to plan on seeing that one in theater, and if possible, on an IMAX screen. For the way he shoots his films.
3: Yeah, you, you, you pretty much can watch a trailer and immediately know. Like if I'm sure that if you watched like the trailer for Dunkirk or Interstellar or something, you'll you'll just be like, That looks like a Christopher Nolan film before yep. they even before they even mention it. Just because of like the scale of all of his movies and Yeah.
0: Alright, Vandegriff, give us your top pick.
2: Topic at the moment of writing this list. As I said, I stand by my fact that it can change at a moment's notice or depending on the feeling um but I had to go with uh Princess Bride on this one, so it's not a um officially critically acclaimed film um as some of the others have been or some of the ones that I certainly uh like to talk about but um but it's another one that it's probably been one of my most viewed from. Uh gosh, as early as I can remember on it. Um it's got a lot of good people on it. It's something that I certainly think or uh, I certainly think holds up um outside of the nostalgia fa- factor that it's one that's just it's a fun overall movie. It's a good good story. Um it's something you can certainly go go back to again and again and again and again. Um I think it was just um, well done. it's just one of those ones that always seems to come up in in pop culture conversations and it's just uh um a very good thing to come out of the come out of the eighties and uh something that I don't really feel guilty about turning on when there's still yet a lot of other <clears throat> movies that are left on my list that I need to be watching as well <laughs> wow yeah see
0: i'm I'm one that I enjoy The Princess Bride, but I did not see it up until I was either in late high school, early college. And so without the nostalgia factor for me, it's not one that I, I find myself revisiting as an adult. In the way that I would do, say, The Goonies, Back to the Future, Gremlins.
2: Mm-hmm. I would say, too, with this one, like it's it would be hard to come into it at that one because I think everyone has such a high topic of it. Cause I am, I think we've talked about this before, but sort of the same way with Goonies. Like I didn't encounter Goonies until way later, but also like to have someone like you or I tell each other, like, Oh, it's really good. It's really good. You sort of build up the expectations where it's very hard for either of these to sort of land when all of a sudden you hear like, "Yep, Oh, it's great. I've watched it 50 times. Jingle all the way. That has nothing to do with nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, and Iverson, your top pick. Uh,
3: my topic is uh gosh. Um Did you forget a movie? No, I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. Uh actually, you know, before before I get to my topic, I just gotta say uh one more honorable mention. Um because um in it's a series, and that's why I can put it in the honorable mention. Uh, the Harry Potter films, um, and it's not so much that I like the first couple of ones, but I just I just enjoy watching all of them as a whole. There's so many things about it that I'm not like a huge like. There's parts of it that I'm I think are missing or something like that. But just watching it, as, like from like <laughs> taking eight eight nights and watching one movie a night or something. it's just, it's just such a great feeling to, to watch this big story unfold. And, um, like you can actually see like all those kids growing up. And it's, it's crazy. And it, it starts off as like this cheery, like la, la, la magic, do, 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 do to like this very serious, like dark, movie and it's it's good. Uh that's that's not my pick. That's not my pick. My pick is uh Braveheart. Um it's because I've I watch this movie um almost every day in college. i watched it so many times in my life and I just think I think there's something for everyone in it. I think it's just it's just a really, really good movie. Um, it's a little long, but I just, like, it's just such a good story of, like, love, and, like, it's, it's, I'm not sure how historically accurate it is. I don't care. Um.
0: I believe it takes some artistic liberties with it.
3: Well, good for them. I don't care. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. it's, It's a fantastic movie, and, like, you have... It's it was it was one of those movies that I first like. I, I first realized like because it was it's so man it's so manly, with like all the men sitting around eating and being so manly. But the thing is, the reason for the reason for all of it was love, like because he he just wanted to be with his woman, and then they <laughs> killed her, and Spoiler I mean alert. there's. Yep, I don't care. If you haven't seen Braveheart by now <laughs> I don't care. Um That what I have, what
2: I just for our listeners figure <laughs> worth a mention. But after what, he but said what it. I'm saying
3: is just But it's just it's just such a good like I mean I mean there's there's so much like motivation for them to be doing this and then like there's so much ah, I'm just I'm just in love with the movie, and I've seen I've seen it so many times. There's so many so many good quotes in there. That's it, and it really changed my mind about all of history. Um, when when they like in the first part of the movie, they talk about how um, I I think I think it was something along the lines of uh, history was written by those who hung uh, heroes or something like that. And it just like, it just really made me open my mind, uh, to just, yeah. How, how everything is (laughs) like all, all of history and everything. But, um, I, I'm just, I, am I I just thought it was a really well-made movie. Yeah. That is, uh, it is, it's
0: one of those that I would, I would agree in that, uh, I probably watched it, you know, every couple months throughout college. You could always find a group that was eager to sit down and revisit that film.
3: And it's so, mo- it's so motivating. It is. when As you're, as you're going through it to see him, you know, start, start off with like three men and then like build an army and then. The army gets screwed and then they just like they're just like screw it we'll do our thing <laughs> we'll just continue with you know killing on our you know on our terms and it just like they're he's just so he's so like hyper focused on um revenge slash justice <laughs> and don't forget freedom yeah exactly and it's like that I mean
2: what was how, that
3: again? I, uh, I are yelled go. freedom
2: oh let down <laughs>
3: <laughs> but like it's, it's such a it's such a powerful moment when like they're like disemboweling him and like the old man is dying and he's yelling freedom it's so good it is
1: you know what's a good movie? Gladiator
3: Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash
0: as well. But yeah, I was I <laughs> There's just something about Braveheart and Gladiator that just seem to go together. Mm-hmm. Um But yes, I, I, I also love Gladiator. I've I've been itching to rewatch that one for quite a while now and just haven't taken the time to sit down and watch it.
3: But No, that yeah, that one's they're gladi- both excellent. And both were yeah. best picture winners. They they both they both like went back and forth. Like in college it was either Brave like all the time in my DVD player, it was either Braveheart or Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> uh then um honorable mention, Magic Mike. Um
0: silence. Yeah. So I think we had a, a pretty solid list there of, uh, of films
2: until that last one popped up.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll just exclude magic Mike, but, um,
3: I, I, I like chanting. Keep going.
0: But yeah. And so hopefully you've enjoyed, uh, listening and hearing us kind of dig into this topic and, see all the directions that it took us, Um, and we're planning on having a regular podcast coming out, um, if not every week, every couple weeks, uh, where we'll be digging into other topics. Uh, To kick off, we're kind of going through some of our favorites to give everyone an idea of the things that we're into, um, and that'll kind of help set a tone for the future of this podcast. Um, We also will have a blog um, where we'll be writing articles about the things we're paying attention to, whether it's movies, books, music, video games. Um, And hopefully with that blog, there will be a way for you all to join in on the conversation and uh, kind of partake in this tangential space with us. Um, I believe next week we are planning to talk about our favorite TV shows. Um, And yeah, and so you'll be able to follow us on our website, which Mike will be.
1: Will be tangentialspace.com. On the internet.
0: And then you'll also be able to follow us each individually on Twitter. I will be at (laughs) tangentialsven.
1: I am at (laughs) Mike037.
2: I'm at Vandava. You might want to spell that out or something. V-A-N-D-A-V-A.
1: Okay.
3: Uh, and I am the Dave Iverson.
1: The Dave Iverson. At,
3: yeah, I'm I'm at the Dave Iverson. That's my Twitter. Not to be confused with any of the other Dave Iversons out there. Not uh, Dave Iverson or at another Dave Iverson. No, screw those guys. Yeah.
0: And again, we we hope you enjoyed listening to this our first tangential space uh podcast. Um and so we're gonna sign off now. Again, I'm Matt Fowler.
1: I'm Mike Earl.
2: I'm Dave Vandergriff. I'm Dave Iverson. Thanks for listening.